Welcome back to Casey Greats, the show that highlights people right here in Kansas City that are helping to make your city great every day around you. Today's guest, John Mulvihill, was referred to me by a friend in my neighborhood. And what you'll hear today is that John is in a really unique position to give us a great perspective, not only on some of the things that he's personally involved in, but also on VML and how they've grown into one of Kansas City's most influential organizations. So without further dawdling by me, let's get on to the show. Hey folks, this is Scott, back for another episode of KC Greats. I'm really fortunate to have a friend referred me a gentleman that has a lot to tell about Kansas City and, and his interactions with it and a really big uh, piece of our corporate world in Kansas City, VML, right now. So I'd like to welcome John Mulvihill today. Well, thank you. So glad to be here. Well, I appreciate you coming, John. I know you're a busy guy. It, uh, it seems like you've got a finger in a lot of things, uh, a real diverse background with Kansas City. So tell us about that if you can. Sure. I, uh, I'm a lifelong Kansas Cityan, grew up in Waldo, and uh, I've been joking with people recently saying I never thought I'd live long enough that Waldo would be considered cool. <laughs> uh, and now, now it is, I guess. Uh, but I currently live in Brookside, married uh, for 20 years, no kids. Um, but I uh, went to Rockhurst High School, also Rockhurst College, which is now Rockhurst University. And you just I guess. totally stayed in, in totally. totally we, uh, my my then girlfriend, now wife, we did a, a seven year stint in Washington D.C. Okay. In the '90s, um, and I was doing uh, I was working for Sprint International at the time, division of Sprint. I've never worked for Sprint in Kansas City, although VML <laughs> now is doing some work for Sprint. So, um, so I've always done things a little backwards, I guess. But uh, love cool. Kansas City. Well, maybe maybe uh, you know, your work brought them back here, right? Now. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit bigger. Well, well, neat. That's a common thing we hear from folks: is we take our time away, we kind of see the world, and then a lot of people just love to end up back here. We had a great time in Washington. We really did. We lived in the heart of the city. Uh, although I, commu- I had the reverse commute out to Reston, Virginia, I traveled a lot on my, in my job. But uh, uh, we loved every day of it. But we haven't missed it since we left. Because Very the cool. quality of life here is just so much better. Yeah, it, it, I mean, no, no question. It's a wonderful place to be. Absolutely. Uh, it's easy living. So, John, you've um, after you came back, um, you've done a lot of different things here in town, right? Yes. As far as mostly with um, ad work or marketing type things? Well, actually, I, uh, when I came back to KC in the, uh, I think, 99 is when we landed back. Um, I spent about eight years doing kind of a blend of corporate marketing consulting uh, roles as well as uh, quite a bit of political consulting work. Oh, cool. And um, I worked um, on several uh, ballot initiatives, uh, including the Sprint Center, uh, the renovation of uh, the sports complex, the expansion of Bartle Hall, the first uh, uh, Max rapid bus. Uh, okay, so rip. civic issues, uh, Very improvement much so. issues and things. Yeah, and this is the era of Kay Barnes and uh, Catherine Shields with the county. And uh, a lot of a lot of things were uh, kind of uh, passed during that, that time frame and a lot of good things for Kansas City. I was really privileged to. That's really cool. You're I, seeing the fruition of a lot of that right now. 
It is. I think that laid the groundwork for a lot of the what we see, the, the, the kind of momentum that's happening now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a few candidate campaigns. My last candidate campaign, which was right before I came uh, uh, landed at VML, was Alvin Brooks for mayor. So I like to tell people you can blame me for the Mark <laughs> Funkhauser <laughs> episode in Kansas City because uh, we lost to Mark in a very close race. But uh, anyway, I, I, I love the campaign work, but uh, similar to uh, some other things in my life, I don't, I don't miss that, uh, especially in this political season. I, I, uh, I've been an observer, but kind of glad to be on the outside. That stuff's gotten a little crazy. Yeah, more, <laughs> than, a, more than a little. <laughs> so, well, cool. So you've been in, at VML for several years now, right? Almost 10 years now. Almost 10 years. And you, my understanding, without getting the whole title right, is you kind of run the the message not for consumers but for consumers of VML is that is that, that a way to that's put an it? interesting way to put it yeah <laughs> I, I actually have a very unique role at VML I have three kind of primary areas of responsibility the thing I spend most of my time on is the internal communications okay and uh, the bigger we get the kind of more uh, important that is because you guys are global we are we are and and uh, kind of a neat thing that, that's happened over I don't know probably about a year ago was that we now have more VMLers who work for the company outside of the United States than inside which is wow kind of cool kind of scary in a little ways uh, in a little bit um, so internal comms is my kind of primary role but then I'm also involved in event management any sort of uh, events that we do I'm I've got some some role in including uh, VML's um, presenting sponsor role with TEDx Kansas City, which is a thing that's really grown over the last eight years and I really enjoy. And then last but not least, my title is Executive Director of the VML Foundation, and we have an, uh, an employee and agency-funded 501c3 nonprofit. And um, it is, uh, it's, it's the thing I spend the least amount of my time on, but the thing certainly I enjoy the most, and just helping VMLers kind of have an impact on the causes that they're, they're passionate about. Very cool. That's uh, that's a lot of a lot of different things. There, uh, so I, cool. I enjoy it. Yes, I, I like no uh, no two days are the same. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Well, and as far as internal communications, and mentioning that you now have more worldwide than KC, um, cultural differences, languages, etc., all challenges for that kind of role. I imagine. Absolutely. We. Uh, our second biggest market outside of the U.S. is China, and so we have uh, more than 400 associates in China, which is really exciting. Um, and one of the it was uh, it came about through two different uh, marketing firms that VML acquired over the last four or five years. And one of those firms is a um, a firm focused entirely on uh, social media to the to the Chinese marketplace. And somebody came was over there recently, and they came back and during uh, one of our kind of sharing sessions at VML, they put up a slide and they showed the, the kind of social media I- uh, ecosystem in the United States, which is pretty complex and has all sorts of different, you know, aspects, the companies you would, you would imagine. And then they showed a similar slide for China and it was about 10 times more companies, more complex. Really? Each industry, each, each kind of business sector had its own whole set of social media properties. And it was really fascinating. And they, they, it's very uh, technology forward. Uh, that's uh, a big, big learning point for your for for your industry for any industry I guess you can't just assume that another culture interacts then with the digital as the same way we do exactly they're okay. all it's always different and, and it's funny because we've we've uh, 
we've gotten to the point now where we do have this global network. We have about 27, 28 offices around the world uh, with 2,500 VMLers. And uh, we have, I don't know the exact number, but certainly six, seven, eight uh, global clients that we're, we're supporting in multiple regions around the world. And so there's this benefit of having kind of a, you know, full knowledge, total immersion knowledge of their business and their marketing goals, but then making sure that those are delivered on a very local and kind of culturally sensitive uh, basis. Yeah, it seems like a, um, a distributed office network like that might be more beneficial for staying in touch with their customers' needs than trying to bring everything back in-house, create it and send it back and interact that way. Absolutely. So that's very cool. Um, so... VML as as a firm, um, my understanding is kind of the layman is that they've been around for about twenty years, right? Started here in Kansas City. Well, coming up next year is our twenty fifth anniversary. Twenty fifth, yeah, okay. yeah, ninety two. Um, we started. Wow, and we moved into our to the downtown airport in ninety six. So there's the okay. Year so there's the twenty yeah. years. Okay, great. Um, and you know, if you're talking ninety two to ninety six, that was really the the genesis of digital. I mean, it really started booming at the end of the 90s. So did they start as kind of a traditional thought between marketing and ads and then develop into this? Or was it total foresight? Or That's a great question. And it's been, a, it's been a, uh, quite an evolution, really. So when we started, so our founders, the V, the M, and the L, as we like to call them, John Valentine, Scott McCormick, and Craig Ligabell, they, uh, together they were working at Valentine Radford, which was uh, that John Valentine's father had founded, okay. and at the time was the, the biggest ad agency in the Midwest. They left there, and that's a big backstory about <laughs> why they left and how they left, but they were pretty advanced in their careers at that point. So, Well, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned that his, his father started one of the major ones. McCormick, did he have any relation to one of the other firms in town? Because, no, they were together. Okay. They were all three together at uh, Valrad. Okay, because yeah. Kansas City really has a pretty rich ad agency history that a lot of folks don't know, right? It absolutely does, yeah. Okay. And it's not only the kind of the traditional marketing firms that we would think of, but then the kind of uh, supporting uh, uh, agencies for video services and what have you. Very rich here in Kansas City. So anyway, so the, the history of kids, so VML, we started out, so these three guys started, the VVM and L started the firm, and uh, their first goal was to have a, a virtual agency, which was completely different than what we think of as virtual today, but in their, in their thinking at the time was they didn't really want to have uh, any or many employees, and so what they wanted to do was to assemble the right team for the right marketing projects, do the projects, you know, do a great job, and then disassemble the team, and then wait until another project came along. And assemble. Well, that worked for a little bit, but then slowly but surely they acquired uh, uh, clients in the normal in the normal uh, format. And so um, their first big client was Northwest Airlines, and that's kind of how we time. landed. It was it was a great client at the time, and so we ended up opening a small office in uh, Minneapolis, and then we needed room to grow in Kansas City. The original VML office was at 7th and uh, Broadway, just on the south side of the Broadway Bridge, and so they thought they need more space. There was a little bit of uh, space available in the downtown municipal airport building. The only profitable client was an airline, so it kind of all seemed to make sense. So that's kind of how we ended up there. And then uh, the work, uh, we were really very much a traditional agency, and then it, it kind of um, evolved into helping people uh, do websites. So website builds was uh, an opportunity in the mid to late 90s. And so then that kind of, uh, we really did place a big bet on that. Uh, the idea of work. 
Well, and right now it seems obvious, but at the time it was pretty right. risky because investing in the right personnel and the right technology and what have you, and people weren't had no idea how big everything was going to sure. get in terms of digital. And so then that kind of uh, our expertise in website builds literally kind of led us to some great opportunities to be uh, a uh, digital agency of record for some firms. And then as the things moved into social media and mobile apps and what have you, and we really kind of uh, embraced all of that as as our CEO, John Cook, likes to say, is, is totally part of our, our offering, not some little division down the hall. Um, and so that was really our strong suit. And then things have really gone 360 because we, we certainly uh, still have a very strong digital, digital chops, if you will. But we are doing a lot of traditional work now for many clients. And it's come, come around. And so there's been, there's a lot, in, within the industry, there's a lot of talk of, you know, are you a digital firm? Are you a traditional firm? Are you a social media? You know, whatever. So, so we like to say we're we're the we're an expression, the best expression possible of a contemporary marketing firm. So that's interesting. So, so it's, it sounds like a very blended approach, like you said. That um, it's it's hard for those of us who are in it every day to just think, oh, ad agency. It's something in a magazine or something like sure. that. But I would imagine that as you do the digital work, maybe managing someone's online presence they probably become very close with you and you get to know their culture and what their message is well enough that that's kind of natural to come back to the traditional ad work. It's exactly right. And and more and more, I mean, there was a, a few years ago, there was more of a distinction of a, what we would call a traditional ad agency versus a digitally focused ad agency. And that really is going away because everybody has to have, you know, digital. There's really, there digital can't be a line now. No, because it's it's just part of it's it's every firm in the world has to have a digital presence and has to be savvy in that regard. Well, and the way the way media is not only being produced but delivered with things like Netflix, you know, Sling TV, Amazon, uh, there doesn't seem to be any separation. The way media is changing, right? As as well, it's funny. There was a report came out uh, um, earlier this week. Uh, Forrester Research is big. Uh, um, global research firm, and they, they follow advertising and marketing very closely. So they, they do these things, they call them waves, Forrester waves, and they do a deep dive in certain aspects of different industries. And they just, they uh, published one on lead agencies and uh, kind of addressing this idea of what, you know, what's an agency called, what are their services, and, and who's really, uh, who are the clients looking to, to be uh, driving their, their whole marketing program. And more and more, they're looking to uh, firms that have kind of more uh, uh, responsibilities and more uh, experiences on the, in the digital side of things, where it used to be they would kind of, uh, even ones that really work very closely with digital shops, they would still go back to the traditional firm for the big idea or for the campaign uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, focus. Interesting. It's, I, that's really changing. That's a whole different world that uh, is, is interesting to see inside of a little bit. That's cool. But now you guys have worked with... I mean, all kinds of multinationals. I mean, I, just reading up a little bit, everything from the English Premier League and our, our locals here with Sporting Kansas City and Kellogg's and Crayola and just, I mean, the list goes on and on with with all these big national and multinationals that you guys work with. How does How do we not know more about, you know, what's going on here? Because clearly uh, this is a, not just a leader in Kansas City, but you guys are a world leader in what you do. We have uh, we've really kind of grown, uh, especially over the last five or six years on the global front. 
Um, earlier this year, we were named as one of the 10 uh, ad age uh, A-list agencies, which is a, and, and that's any agency, any discipline. Uh, and it was really um, kind of a humbling experience. Certainly the only agency that wasn't uh, sitting next to an ocean. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of a proud moment for not only VML, but for Kansas City. And we've just really kind of quietly gone about our, our business in Kansas City. We have about 550 VMLers here in KC. We're spread out over three different offices, although we are uh, slowly but surely kind of bringing everybody to the downtown municipal airport. And within about 15 or 18 months, everybody who works for VML in Kansas City will be located. And we'll have every inch of the downtown municipal airport, which is great. And the, the city owns the building. They're our landlord, and they've been a great landlord, and it's been a, it's been a good partnership. What a great use of uh, some history there. Oh, absolutely. For the town. I absolutely love that. And that kind of goes back to the things that you talked about that you did before as far as working with um, redevelopment and things like that. So it's an interesting connection for you. Absolutely. That's really cool. Well, VML as a part of Kansas City obviously is bigger than a lot of the city, and that's cool. And that leads me to wonder, kind of the reason that I that I reached out to you guys is I've interacted with some clients and some other guests that have spent time at VML or are very close to it, and it kind of piqued my interest because I've never heard somebody say something like, oh, I just had to get out of there. It was sucking my will to live. <laughs> like like you hear about, you know, some other uh, cubicle farms. Right. Um, and everybody speaks very highly of it. And a couple of guys had maybe started a side venture and then it grew into something big and they ended up leaving VML. Mm-hmm. But it, it just gives me the idea that you guys have a, a culture that really fosters a lot of entrepreneurial spirit within and sometimes that grows outside, and that's okay. Sure, sure. So, uh, how does that? Well, then, first of all, that's that a great, com- great compliment. Thank you. I, I think uh, we have uh, we have really kind of rich in terms of uh, homegrown programming at VML. We have all sorts of different activities that are going on, from things that are purely fun and happy hour related to the charitable front. I mentioned the VML Foundation, mm-hmm. which uh, VMLers take very seriously, and really, it's it's. Uh, uh, kind of driving a lot of what we do in this community. Uh, but there's things from, we have a women at VML uh, group that has programming once a month, and it seems like every other month it's something casual or fun, or uh, and then balanced with things that are kind of more focused in terms of uh, issues related to, to women in the workplace, and and, uh, and that's been a, an amazing program. We have a ministry of fun that kind of coordinates uh, <laughs> most of our, uh, our, our kind of... Uh, fun activities from summer party, holiday party, and what have you. Um, there's really something going on all the time. We did a little thing just kind of a spur of the moment a couple of weeks ago down in the West Bottoms. We were, when the American Royal announced that it was uh, going to, it's been moving, the barbecue had been mm-hmm. moving around and it uh, moved out to the to the speedway. Um, we kind of set up a, a, a happy hour or evening barbecue contest and picnic down and the the Hall family, Bill Hall Sr. was was gracious enough to give us this beautiful access to this piece of land right next to the Kemper next to Kemper Arena and the Kansas River. And we we did our own American Royal Barbecue and did our own style. We had a little competition. We had a band of made up of five VMLers who played music that night. Um, we probably had about three hundred people out there and it was kids and families and, and just Fun. just an amazing thing. And so we have things like that popping up all the time and it's really kind of a special environment. We do a, uh, I was uh, trying to think of some of the other types of programming we do that, that are both fun, but, but informational, educational as well. And we created a, um, 
uh, took a system that's super simple, super easy, that every lots of people do, uh, a lunch and learn type situation. Certainly. And so our, uh, our IT services at VML is called The Port. It's kind of set up like an Apple Genius Bar setup. So The Port is our IT services. So we created a thing called Port Plugins. And they are uh, they're opportunities for VMLers to come together to, to learn about a subject matter or a company. And uh, so, for example, a couple of weeks ago, Snapchat was in, uh, came to Kansas City, specifically working with our Gatorade team. And so they had a day and a half full of meetings. So, but we took an hour away from that, and we over lunch, uh, we made the Snapchat rep available to all VMLers. So we have an open area in the bullpen called uh, in the airport called the bullpen. So you can get a couple hundred people in there. And so the and the Snapchat person loves it because they've come here just to to sell things to. The Gatorade oh, client, but now they're getting on, exposure to Wendy's and Napa and Bridgestone yeah. and all the other. And, and using their brands to reach out with others. And totally. So so cool. more VMLers get to learn about what the latest and greatest of things that are happening at Snapchat. Snapchat gets exposure to all these other client groups. And so we tallied it up. We've done more than 40 of those this year, uh, these port plugins. Uh, they're usually over breakfast, lunch, or happy hour. I like to say the Army moves on its stomach. Uh, that's a good draw <laughs> to get people drink. to come. <laughs> Food and drink. So anyway, just an example of the kind of programming we do, but we're, uh, we're very lucky to have had so many entrepreneurial uh, kind of people join VML. And I think at the heart of it is it's, um, it's better for us to uh, grow talent and to advance talent within VML. There's been this kind of, uh, kind of history in advertising where the only way to get a promotion somewhere is to leave, go to another agency, spend a year or two, and then come back. <laughs> well, that's silly. That, that's, yeah. that's silly for everybody. And so why don't sure. you just do that within within the company and, and we we're to the scale now where people can can you know shift groups departments or disciplines if they want to spend there's a young young woman in our social media group who just moved up to Chicago we have a nice little nice office in Chicago so we have both geographic and kind of other business opportunities that you can you can change your career within VML and so you don't have to jump out that's a that's a big deal a big step with growth it seems where you've scaled to the point where you can offer opportunities that you don't have to shake somebody's hand and say, I'm sorry that we, we're we not big enough or, or right now in a position to give you what you need. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Well, scale brings those opportunities and also brings challenges because sure. the, the bigger we get, uh, you know, the harder it is to keep the growth going and to keep, uh, you know, a percentage of growth every year. But luckily, knock wood, we've, we've, been, we've been able to do that. So. so from your standpoint as internal communications, uh, to take that culture and integrate it into existing culture with if there's an acquisition or something, that's that can't be easy all the time. I, I'm guessing that that's interesting. Well, that's a great, great, great point. Um, all of our and I'd say over the last, as I mentioned, over the last five or six years, we've really uh, grown globally. Every single um, kind of expansion or acquisition that we've made, there is tons of due diligence in advance so that the idea is that the, we would never kind of partner or bring on a group that doesn't already feel like VML. Okay. The idea is we're not, we're not, you know, we're not going to change somebody. We're not going to, you know, kind of totally, totally uh, change up their, their whole operation. They have to feel, it has to feel natural. They have to have kind of the shared values of what we're all about. The idea of, uh, you know, developing, nurturing culture for employees. Well, I think that probably then, answers a deeper question of, of how do you keep the culture company-wide going? Because it seems like if you get just a business-focused acquisition, take the uh, take the, the mobile industry, for example, you know, the Sprints, the, the Verizons, so many acquisitions and mergers over the years that seem to be just numbers-driven. Yeah. And 
a lot of them seem to fall apart when they have a culture clash. Yes. So from everything you've described, the, the culture is there because it's people first, and that is a big focus and probably really what drives the business. And at the bottom line, it comes out just fine. <laughs> well, we're, we're lucky it has. And, and there I'm just kind of thinking of some different types of programming that uh, really does nurture this kind of company-wide uh, camaraderie and, and, and sharing. Um, our, our, we have a very extensive internship program in the summers. Uh, all of our offices take on uh, X amount of interns. I think next year we've got scheduled, we'll have something like 60 interns in the U.S. Uh, most of those will be here in Kansas City. Uh, the intern during the, the, the eight or I think it's nine or ten weeks that the interns are with us, they do, they do uh, learning calls with most of our global offices. So they schedule these calls so that there's sharing of information. Some of that's just kind of here's what we do on a culture front. Here's what we're doing in a, on a business in a business front. Here's our key clients. Here's how many employees work here, those kind of things. Um, we, we, uh, we have an employee exchange program where uh, people can shift offices. We had a young woman who just spent a month with us here, and she's from our VML uh, uh, South Africa office, and she's based in Johannesburg. That seems like a good Not the idea. office leader. She's just she's, uh, she's a planner. She's a kind of uh, mid-management mid level. And so she's, she uh, spent, spent a month with us here, and we're, we're able to, you know, you know, we don't have hundreds of people doing that around the, sure. kind of, uh, around the world, but we do selectively. And we had another thing, a couple other, real quickly, a couple other things uh, related to that. We found that uh, a lot of VMLers travel personally to, to, and travel to really cool places. And so somebody several years ago said, hey, I'm going to be in, I don't know where it was, it was probably London. I'm going to be in London. We're going there for, for a holiday. Is there, you know, what if I visit, can I visit the office? Sure. Well, then what if I spend a couple of days there? Great. So now we have a deal where if you're going somewhere and we have a VML office there and uh, you want to spend time in the office, we'll supplement the part where you're, sure. where you're spending time in the office. We'll pay, expend your hotel room. You've already bought a plane ticket. You're right. going there anyway. And so why wouldn't it be a great idea for you to like, have that experience you can do your job from anywhere these days so right. so do it there you're gonna you're gonna put in the extra overtime to meet people learn what they're doing they're gonna they're gonna go out of their way to make it a special experience for you take you out introduce you to things what so a fantastic that's, way to keep things connected that's been a really cool and people are just left and right raising their hand and, and it's 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 going great kind of last but not least on the kind of global mm -hmm. connectivity front we have a uh, we have a global leaders uh, meeting uh, once a year, and we bring in the heads of all the offices and and usually their marketing person as well. And earlier this year it was in it was in San Diego, so we were having this very discussion: how do we continue to you know keep the momentum going with with uh, global connectivity? And so somebody threw out the idea of doing a, a sister cities uh, program where we. So that day at lunch in San Diego, we literally <laughs> drew names of offices out of the hat. And the idea was that you were going, your office was going to celebrate a holiday or a tradition from some other office between now, between then and the end of the year, and another office was going to celebrate yours. That's a great idea. And so it's super easy. simple, super easy. simple. And some offices are doing, you know, the basics and doing one, you know, a small a meal or something. And other offices are doing decorating their whole office and wearing, you know, the you know clothing and, and certain types of music, um, bringing in experts for the other culture. We had uh, our office in Kalamazoo drew Tokyo. And so a couple of cool. our people had uh, had studied in Tokyo, and then they had friends at Western uh, Michigan who has a, uh, a Japanese-focused program. They brought in these, these students from Western Michigan, 
and showed people how to do calligraphy and Japanese and all this. It was just really, it's a super simple thing. That is easy. And that's something that really, um, you know, nowadays wouldn't be too hard to just do um, even outside of the same business. Yes. You know, just for a small business to try to locate one across the world. Absolutely. So it was fun. We did last week, We uh, so VML Kansas City, we drew uh, Australia. So we have a very, very okay. strong office in Sydney. And so the biggest thing going in Sydney is the Melbourne Cup uh, in Australia. It's, it's, it's the Kentucky Derby, they told us, times 10. Okay. It's the world's biggest horse race. So I have no idea. I didn't either. So on uh, <laughs> November the 2nd or November 1st, something, they, uh, this big race happened in, in uh, Melbourne. And so we, we dressed like we were going to the Kentucky Derby. We had a big champ. The race actually happened at like 3 in the morning. So, so we had pretty late. We had a happy hour party. <laughs> And they, uh, so we did a big video conference with the office in, in Sydney. They were toasting us with champagne at 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, and we were toasting at 5 o'clock p.m. here, and they were getting their day started, you know, and they were going to have a full day of activities all the way up to the big race. How fun. So we had our happy hour, went home, and then we had a big betting, uh, big betting board, and there were 24, <laughs> 25 horses in the race, and we did like a 50-50 raffle thing. So people mm-hmm. bet on these horses. And then half the money was divided among the winners, and then half the money went to Children's Mercy to their guest services department. Out through the VML Foundation. Through the VML channels. Foundation, yeah. Very and cool. So, so it, was, it was super fun, but it was part, and this is more and more happening. There's, there's usually a charitable beneficiary yeah. that just benefits, and, and it's not like you're going to, I'm going to a fundraiser. I'm going, you know, it doesn't yeah. feel like that at all. You're just having fun. You know, spending time with fellow VMLers, and, and there's, a, there's a good outcome. There's more than as one well. purpose behind it. Totally. Obviously, not just a selfish business focus, but taking it out to the community as well. Yes. What, a, what a cool event. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, that's, that's all fantastic stuff to hear because it just gives us a glimpse into something that really has become a bigger part of Kansas City than we know. And it's, it's a really cool rise to see a, just a local start grow into something big. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys worked with the IOC on the Olympics. We did. Just we did. It was an amazing assignment. We, we helped them with their, they have a, they have a, every four years there, uh, they do a, a PSA program, public service announcement program. Mm-hmm. And so we helped them with that this year. And it was all based on uh, kind of really, really focused on international music and getting some of the biggest stars around the globe to participate. <laughs> and for, uh, for the Americas, Lenny Kravitz was the, was the musician that participated and uh, it worked out great, but but yeah, very lucky that we have the opportunity to kind of bid on some of these these really truly global opportunities. And that that to me just is it really illustrates the greatness that we've got coming out of Kansas City right now. Um, I've had somebody recently talk about a challenge with that though, and it makes me wonder. Um, you mentioned your internship program; that's got to be one way that you guys tackle it. But I've heard about especially tech, tech-based firms. We're looking at huge talent competition across the board for millennials. You know, is it, I'm guessing it's not just internships that you use to attract talent and things like that. Keep them here. Obviously, keeping them home if they generate, you know, are generated here. Right. Is that something that you guys see too? It is. is it is a, indeed. Uh, the competition for talent is fierce. Okay. And, uh uh, we, like many other uh, local firms, we're looking looking outside of Kansas City for, for, right for many now. positions. Yeah, and uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a good time to be doing that. I mean, Kansas City is uh, perceived, I think, especially with the, the kind of younger professionals around the country as a really up-and-coming place. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost of living is, is certainly a, 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 a benefit and something to sell. <laughs> Um, and we, we, you know, we bring candidates into Kansas city and kind of just share what's happening, not only at VML, but in, you know, the crossroads and the river market and, and what have you. And to a person, they're just blown away. And they, you know, the ones who choose to come here just seem to love it. And, you know, some of them really, I've had some people tell me, I came here my, in my mind. I was going to be here a year. You told me I could go to the New York office after this. Uh, I could go to San Francisco. And now like, I don't want to go. I'm, I want to stay here. I can't remember who said it, but a, a past guest said, Kansas City's great. We don't have a retention problem. You know, sometimes people have a tough time getting here, but once they are, it's a no-brainer. Yes, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really been um, – but, but it is stiff competition. So, you, so people are – and we work with several organizations. Uh, we were part of Tech Week was a couple weeks ago. We mm-hmm. were one of the, the sponsors of Tech Week. And, and really, you have to be out there, and you have to be totally engaged to, to really get the best talent. And uh, KCADC has a couple of great programs that we participate in as well because okay. when they're bringing people into Kansas City, we want to we be one of those firms where, where uh, they, they take a look. So. Well, you had mentioned earlier that you're one of the leaders and VMLs a presenting sponsor for uh, TEDx KC. Things like that have to be a big involvement for visibility-wise, I imagine. It really has. The TEDx program started super small. It started eight years ago when uh, when the TED, the big TED, decided to try their experiment called TEDx, which X equals independent TED-like events in local communities. A uh, guy at VML, Mike Lundgren, uh, was a was a, it was and is a serious TED head, as we like to say. <laughs> And Mike had been out to the Big Ted conference several times, so he was one of the people that got the email announcing TEDx eight years ago. And um, the idea was, uh, let's just see see how it goes. It started out with three speakers at the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art in 2009. Uh, seemed people really enjoyed it. The next year, we sold out. The third year at the Nelson Atkins, we kind of broke the place. Uh, at the and they're like, well, I don't think we can. We gotta be careful around all that art. We can't accommodate this anymore. And and actually, right then, the 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 Coffin Center for the Performing Arts came online. Oh, they were interested in host, hosting it. Nelson Atkins was totally in favor of it, and in fact, they're still a partner in the program. Um, so we've now been there five years. Happens every August, and it's it's grown into this kind of crazy machine that uh, the the our big event in August. We had about twenty eight hundred people at the event. The live show is in Hellsburg Hall. The simulcast is next door in Mural Coffin Theater. Afterwards, we go out on the front lawn for a big party with stage and music and artistic experiences and what have you. And uh, but we did we had no idea it was going to grow into that. We it started out as just a, a cool thing, you know, a, kind of a thought leadership idea mm-hmm. to to be part of. And but you're right, it, it's it's something now that kind of VML. Uh, Network wide around the globe is something that that VML is proud of that, that we are the presenting of the literally the largest TED event in the United States is TEDx Kansas City, which is a real compliment to, to Kansas cool. City that people are that interested in TED TED like uh, content. Says so a it's, lot. yeah, it's been great. So but then and, and and it's funny we say everything that's kind of big and seems like a big program at VML today. Everything started small and and so many things started small and didn't work and and that's okay. You just got to try different things, and uh, you know, and if it if it catches on, and, and there seems to be momentum behind it, 
then then we'll we, this is funny we say we never pre-budget anything so somebody comes <laughs> and goes hey i got a big idea like this this uh, american royal party yeah. uh, barbecue party we did the a couple weeks ago it wasn't in the budget. It was kind of like, well, we'll steal some money from something else. And well, you know, it was only, it wasn't, See how it wasn't that much money. So, so next year it'll be in the budget. It was a big hit. People were like already going, oh, it could be twice as big and, you know, bigger ideas. So, so yeah. that's kind of the way we grow things. It just needs to be organic. It needs to be employee led. And, and the interest has to come from, from within. It's not, it's not top down. That doesn't work. Very cool. Well, John, I've used a lot of your time and I really appreciate the insights you're giving us too the things that, that you've done and that VML's done as part of our community. Uh, the last thing that I love to ask everybody is, I'm always curious, especially for somebody that grew up in Kansas City, um, what would you consider are your hidden gems of our town? Things that, you know, maybe they're not really hidden, but things that you really appreciate that you think everybody should know about. Well, that's a, that's a great, fun question. Um, Kansas Cityans love to argue and, and debate barbecue. Of course. And so I, uh, and I have a bias, complete bias, but I'm a huge fan of a Woodyard barbecue. Yeah. On, on, uh, on, Southwest, uh, tra- not, tra- on Miriam Lane. Miriam Lane. Right off, uh, if you, if you exit I-35 at Lamar, you're, you're almost there. Um, I have a kind of family connection to the place, but it's awesome. really, it's, it's a honky tonk. And, uh, they have, they have fixed it. They have uh, improved it and kind of, uh, upgraded it dramatically over the last few years. But anyway, it's a, it's a special place. So, so I like to say that. And then I'm really kind of a, uh, I'm married to a, to an artist. My wife is a potter. So I'm really, and we're both kind of into art. She's, she can make it and I can look at <laughs> it and appreciate it. So, uh, I just think we have this amazing art scene in Kansas city and, and, Certainly, First Friday is great and wonderful, but there's so much more to it than just that. Mm-hmm. And and I think people are discovering that. There's places like the Belger Crane Yard, which is uh, kind of hidden off uh, 20, 23rd, 22nd, and Tracy. Amazing. And, and it's, it's uh, has a focus on clay and ceramics, and that's kind of in our family because of my wife. Awesome. And, and then there's little places like at uh, Art Galleries uh, over on like, 33rd and Truce. There's two two crazy little neat galleries across the street from each other, and they're not open every every first Friday or anything, but one is called the Telephone Booth, and then across the street is Hoop Dog Studios. And they're completely different, and they're so unexpected, and they're, they're on Truce, which is so important. And uh, so anyway, things like that get me excited. Very cool. And just for an additional one, your if I recall right, your wife's studio is the, the barbershop gallery. Is that right? It is. Yeah. So, you guys kept a little history there. That's so really we did. Cool. Yeah. There was a, it's the 33rd in Gillum. It's right behind okay. Costco, Midtown Costco. And uh, 12, 13 years ago, we were looking for a little art space and uh, we're driving around and there was a for sale sign on a barbershop. And it had been a, for 49 years, a one-room, one-chair barbershop. Wow. And a guy had built it, spent his career there. His son had taken over and mm-hmm. spent his career there, and there was nobody else to take oh. over, I guess. So we, uh, we took it. We, we moved in there, and it, uh, it's now my wife's full-time pottery studio. And I'll put a plug in. She, she has one big show a year, and it's first awesome. Friday in December. It's coming up. Coming so right up then. Whatever that timing. is, I think it's December 2nd. So we'll have the open open door with booze and food and snacks and music and, and, and her beautiful pottery. So that's How fun. So, so, yeah, thank you for mentioning Barbershop. No, that's, that's really cool because, uh, you know, something like that, it's still keeping a legacy there at, at that location by not completely changing it over from something. Absolutely. We love it. Used to be. Well, John, thanks again. This has been a blast. I've learned a ton. I hope the people listening learn a ton and get to get to appreciate a little bit more one of our uh, one of our great folks here in town and one of our great companies. Yeah, so, thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Great.
Okay, so after recording most of these chats, I realize I probably could have spent about three more hours listening to the things that our greats have worked on here in town. And John is really no different. Uh, he's been involved in a lot more organizations and initiatives that we didn't talk about today. So take some time to look him up. As you can tell, he's humbly going about making sure VML holds on to their culture of excellence, fun, and giving that's clearly important to their success. But he's also worked on many civic organizations to ensure responsible development in our city over the years. So as always, I encourage you to take the time to check out John's hidden gems, as well as uh, we heard his wife's art. And don't forget that her annual show is coming up soon too. So hopefully uh, you'll get out and check that out. I'm, I know I'm going to look it up and plan to see it. So thanks again for joining me. I do hope you'll come back, and if you can, introduce a friend of the show. Have a great week.